Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this episode, I sit down with Dr. Desreen Dudley to talk about the challenges that new college students and returning college students might be facing with their mental health. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps, Big Change. Big change, big change. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, I'm sitting down with a behavioral health consultant, a clinical psychologist with tons of experience working specifically with college age students who are dealing with changes in their life. They're dealing with uh, uh, various struggles that they haven't had to worry about in the past. They're on their own for the first time and all of the different issues that that might cause. And in today's conversation, we're going to dive deep into what it is that uh, they might be struggling with. What if, if you're the parent, what you can do to help and most importantly, what the student themselves can do to, to help themselves. So without further ado, Dr. Desreen Dudley, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Greg. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's start with learning a little bit about you uh, how did you get into this line of work? How did you start working with uh, college age students specifically? Like what sort of inspired this path? So I think for me, I knew very early on that I wanted to be a professional helper. Um, and college is particularly a time of major transition. It's sort of like a microcosm of the real world. And I went through a lot of change emotionally, personally, psychological growth when I was in college. And now that I've surpassed college and survived college, I treat adults and I do treat uh, many young adults who are in college who struggle with uh, a lot of issues that are some significant more than just adjustment issues to college. So I've been treating for a number of years adults as well as teaching college students Got it. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, so what uh, in your experience uh, in, in, in all of the years that you, you've worked, what is sort of the number one cause for some of the issues that uh, you've seen play out? So anxiety and depression in terms of mental health conditions and problems tend to be the number one things that college students, I would say, struggle with these days. Um, it is a reflection of what we see in adult treatment. Anxiety and depressive disorders tend to be the most commonly treated. 
the American Psychological Association, as a matter of fact, last year in 2018, they just put out a study stating that about one in three college students will struggle with a mental illness. This is pretty significant. Years prior to that, another study was put out stating that college students, a significant number of them, will likely not complete college due to their struggles with mental health issues and concerns. It's very much highlighted these days, mental health problems in college populations. And do you find that, um, I guess what I'm curious about is, does the, the, the close proximity, because a lot of the, the, these kids, especially first-time college students, right, they, this is their first time away from home, this is their first time uh, sort of living in an environment where pretty much everyone around them is their age, uh, does that have any effect on the the things that they're dealing with, whether positive or negative? I definitely believe so. Um, a lot of freshmen that I've treated and taught, they seem to struggle with the adjustment. Um, and there, there's a lot of common issues that are that I have seen. Um, the uh, first time living away from home, if the college student is living on campus, um, first taste, if you will, of independence making independent decisions outside of parents, um, instructing what a young adult is to do. Um, there are financial stressors. There are the stressors of new friendships, relationships. Um, college campuses also bring about exposure for many kids to, for the first time to significant alcohol or drug use. And then what I've also found too is that there tend to be problems that were present in young adults that get amplified because they are now at a college campus and the stress of college tends to amplify attentional problems that were present before, learning problems that were present before, anxiety problems that were present before. So that's a, um, that makes me really curious about something. Uh, I read all the time, about how like younger generations and, and even younger than me and, and for context for anyone listening, I'm only 28. So uh, I, I'm not exactly like I'm part of the technology generation, but I'm also the last uh, uh, part of that generation that didn't have it from the minute I was born. Uh, have you seen any, as the sort of generational shifts have happened, have you seen any, uh, data to show that kids going in today are are struggling far more because of or or in relation to the the technology they've had access to for years. So the the technology definitely has been presented as a piece of it, from the standpoint that this is a technology age that we live in, and the young adults currently who are in college they're exposed to a lot of things that they can do online or remotely through apps. There's a lot of social media. And what some studies have said is that that has actually, whereas the advancement in technology is great, the downside is that for young people, it has actually created some social distance and isolation from others. And that tends to be a, a key problem with college students these days, feeling isolated and not knowing who to turn to for help. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so we, we've touched on 
anxiety, depression, isolation, uh, and, and isolation is sort of a cause of, of a lot of these things. What, um, what have you noticed are sort of the signs? Like if I'm, if I'm a college student right now and I might be struggling with these things, like how do I know, how do I remove myself from myself in order to sort of see that happening? You know, I'm glad you asked that question, Greg, because my experience is that a lot of young college students, young adults do not realize the signs that something is wrong. So some of them are pretty clear. What often happens or some of the signs of college students are changes in their sleep. So problems sleeping, either hard time staying asleep or or falling asleep or sleeping excessively to the point of missing classes. If that's happening more than a couple times, that's a red flag. Sleep problems tends to be a big sign of depression and anxiety. So sleep would be one. Changes in eating problems. Body image issues on college campus campuses are pretty big. So a, a lot of binging and purging behaviors going along with eating patterns. Um, having a hard time dealing with negative emotions. So another thing that's common for some college students to do is to self-harm. So cutting behaviors, burning, that while they do that in silence and not tell anyone, it might be hard for them to realize that this is a, a big red flag that someone's struggling. And then of course there are the problems in learning with learning and attention that tend to interfere with grades in school. Got it. So, so when, when I notice these things or, or actually have you, have you found in conversation that people are able to notice these things in themselves or is it often like a friend or a parent or somebody points it out for them? So both can happen. What I found is that college students will usually not talk to someone for some time. And then when they do talk to someone, it's because friends or family has gotten so concerned about how they're functioning. They're not their self. They don't look their self. They're not behaving themselves. That will tend to prompt some college students to seek some kind of help. Um, for others, though, there's actually a level of insight that I see in college students these days where they may not be able to know what to call it, but their struggle is that they sense that there is something wrong. There's something that's bothering them. They just may not know what exactly it is. And they actually will seek treatment on their own. Do you have any thoughts as to why that shift has happened? Because even when I was in school, like it was still very much a, um, like getting, asking for help was still very much looked down upon and sort of had a stigma around it. So, so why the shift? So I, and this is, you know, this is based on my personal experience, kind of anecdotal, if you yeah. will. But my sense with this generation of college students who are classified as millennials is that they've got more information in front of them than the generation previous to them. And now things have shifted. The idea of mental illness and treatment for mental illness, there is still stigma attached to it, but it is a, 
beyond what it used to be. It's acceptable to admit to mental illness. There are movie stars and famous people who publicly say, I have depression or I have bipolar disorder and I get treatment. And I think those messages are ringing through very loud and clear for the current generation that are in college. And they're picking up on it. They seem to have a level of insight and desire to take a look at things that might be bothering them, symptoms that are problematic, things that they might be struggling with. And they seem to be ready and willing to do some processing or evaluation about it, which is essentially what mental health treatment is all about. And have you found that, um, or, or maybe this is anecdotal, maybe there's hard data on it, but this generation, have you found that they're willing, like the return rate is, is higher than previously? Like somebody gets help and, and they actually keep showing up? So, uh, and again, this is anecdotal. My experience with treating college students is it's very similar to other adults I treat with similar issues. They, uh, once they're invested in the treatment and they feel comfortable with their therapist, my sense is that they will continue to come. They'll continue to come and do therapeutic work until they feel better that their work is done, if you will. They're back to functioning. It, in your view, because we have an idea now of what people are struggling with, how you can sort of identify it, um, and a little bit of an idea of, of what a potential solution is, and, and we'll dive deeper into that. But do you have a sense as to... Like, is there a distinction between college age uh, uh, people and regular adults as far as like, is this happening more for, for college students? Is it happening more for adults? Like, what does that uh, difference look like if there is one? So I'm not sure if there's a difference. Um, my sense or again, what I see is that the trend on college campus in terms of anxiety and depression being the main issues mental health wise that college students struggle with, that is a reflection of what happens out in the outpatient adult world, if you will. The most commonly disorders treated are anxiety and depression. So colleges, the college campuses, to me at least, seem to be like a micro reflection of the outside world in terms of common problems and treatment. Okay. So is it, would you say it's accurate to, uh, maybe not state as fact, but, but is it accurate to, to maybe guess that it seems like college is kind of a, uh, like this is where it maybe first presents itself, but it, it, it it's present for the rest of, of life afterwards. Would that be accurate? Well, I'd say mental illness and symptoms of them doesn't necessarily have to be present for the rest of one's life. Um, you know, the there are certain conditions that do tend to onset in early adulthood, which is where college students are if they're in college. But also there's many that will start in early childhood or sometimes even later in life. So that's not necessarily true. So then what is it about this period in a person's life that uh, is so challenging 
to, to tackle. Um, meaning this, this transition from you're at home, you're in high school, you're around all your friends, people you've known all your life to maybe you're living on campus in a different environment. You're on your own. What is it about that change that helps maybe intensify or amplify issues that, that may have already been there? So I think it has to do with it's a sort of coming to age period, if you will. It's a, a period of a, being autonomous away from parent, parents or caregivers and having to make your own decisions. And I think when you put individuals in that sort of setting, not everyone, but it, it's sort of a test. It's a test to how you can function independently. And a lot of the mental disorders, just about all of them, they will rise up if you put a person under a certain amount of just enough amount of stress, you will see an exacerbation of their symptoms. It's, it's a time of adjustment. Um, my experience in treating college students is that uh, some of the issues that have arisen during this time have been related to anxiety, depression, as well as adjustment, learning their own self-identity, coming to terms with their sexuality, for example, um, understanding relationships, um, trying to figure out what they would like to do with the rest of their life. Those are pretty big life changes and life decisions that given the age and the change in setting from home kind of shelter to independent living at college, it makes sense to me that this would be the time that that starts to happen. Yeah, that does make sense when you break it down that way. Um, you mentioned earlier, just sort of a, sh a short list of things you can look for, signs that something might be off. In your mind, uh, what is the difference? Because I, my fear is that someone listening to this is going to say, yeah, I feel anxious, but everybody feels anxious. Uh, everybody feels depressed sometimes. Like, it, I, I, my fear is that people sort of hear these things and uh, make it smaller than it actually is. So is there a difference between everyone feels anxious and this person has an actual issue with anxiety? So the, the anxiety and depression and all those symptoms, they fall on a spectrum. So it depends on how severe someone is, how severe or poorly they're functioning or how poorly they're behaving or doing. Um, in terms of recommending treatment, what I've seen is that some college students will think, oh, well, everybody has anxiety and depression. This is common, so I don't have to complain. And then they will struggle in silence. And then a small stressor gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I would say that any level of stress or anxiety that someone feels, if it's uncomfortable enough to them, do something about it. Get help for it. So it's, it's less about... Uh, the degree of, of struggle and more about how much is this affecting your, your life? I love that. What can I, so outside of, of 
let's let's say you you've identified something you know something is wrong and you want to get help but maybe there's still challenges to doing that what can you do until then what habits routines resources can you lean on to sort of help yourself in that interim period well lots of research tends to point to the same thing in terms of taking care of one's mental well-being um I've actually heard you talk about this on some of your podcasts. So good self-care includes good mental health care. So doing things like keeping a balance in diet, a healthy diet, moderation of alcohol use, and trying to avoid drug use are definitely some things for a college student to consider. Um, Not just going to school and doing classwork, that's important, but also creating balance in your life. It's important, too, to do things that you enjoy um, outside of school in the college campus, whether it's doing a sport or an activity, spending time with friends or loved ones, um, doing relaxation things, whether it's meditation or yoga or swimming or anything along those lines. These things tend to be helpful for people to keep their mental health in balance. Talking to people who you trust and who you care about instead of keeping all of your stressors to yourself. I love that. that that's, that's a very actionable list of things that, uh, that people can, can go through. And, and especially that last one of just finding somebody you trust to talk to, whether that's a friend or a parent or a sibling, uh, anyone you feel close enough with that you can share these things with. I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine that 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 by itself could help lift a little bit of the weight you might be feeling. Is that accurate? I would say yes. Although, you know, that still seems scary to some college students. So if that doesn't feel comfortable, and even if it does, I definitely would recommend don't hesitate to seek a professional mental health treatment or help. It's never a bad idea to talk with an objective professional to gain some clarity or perspective and also to learn some ways to cope with anxiety and depressive feelings and even just coping with stressors. College is stressful. No one should have to deal with it all on their own. Yeah, that's some somebody should put that on a T-shirt so that we all remember it. So I want to remind listeners that this is a uh, a episode in partnership with Teladoc Health, uh, which Dr. Dudley, you you work with Teladoc Health. So tell us a little bit more about the platform and and what it is that you're trying to help uh, make this whole process easier. Absolutely. So I am a provider through the Teladoc network. So I essentially see a lot of adults, including college students, using Teladoc. Um, it's a very convenient way to talk to a therapist, convenient for individuals, college students, because it's convenient, it's confidential, and it's on their own terms. Um, in order to have a therapy session or a psychiatric consult with a Teladoc provider, All a young adult would have to do is request a consult, log on, request a consult using their app on a phone. This is like, can be through a mobile app. 
and they could talk to a therapist. They can see a therapist and talk either through a video session or they can just talk over the phone if that feels a little less intimidating and scary. I love that. So am I understanding? So you're a provider. Um, it All the work is remote. So theoretically, someone listening to this could connect with you, right? Yes, absolutely. There is a website that uh, any college student can go to. It's very straightforward. If they were interested in seeking services using Teladoc, Care through a mobile app, and that would be a great place for them to get started. They can select a therapist in their state who they feel is a good fit for them, as well as a psychiatrist too, and they can start treatment without having to walk into a counseling center or wellness center on campus. It's very convenient. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, and just to make this easier for, for those of you listening who want to jump into this, uh, you can find the website at tinyleaps.fm slash mental health. So tinyleaps.fm slash mental health. And I'll redirect that to the, the correct page on, on the Teladoc site. Uh, so Dr. Dudley, what um, mental health is obviously something that has had a stigma historically, but I think through the work you're doing, through the work Teladoc's doing, uh, through through many other leaders in this space, it's starting to open up and it's starting to become something that we can all sort of openly talk about. What effect do you think would happen if tomorrow we could snap our fingers and all of that stigma went away, like how, how would this affect students' lives? How would it affect uh, adults' lives, people that have been struggling with things that now feel like, you know, I can go and get help? That's a good, what we like to call miracle question. Um, I, <laughs> I personally think if all the stigma was removed, I think that people might seek treatment sooner than they do, because that does still tend to be a barrier. Um, so I think we would see more people getting help sooner than they might now. I love that. I, I love that. And I, let's hope that 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 miracle question stops being a miracle. Uh, so, Dr. Dudley, thank you so much for your time and expertise today. Is there anything uh, you you want to share as we sign off to any of the new students going in, any of the, the students returning, people that maybe have been struggling silently for years. And I'm hoping this is the, the catalyst that gets them to, to get going. But what can you tell them that that might help push them over the edge? I would say don't struggle in silence. Help can be very conveniently located to you, just a click away. You can have an appointment with a therapist. And even if you don't know anything else, you could just start there to get help. That's what I would say. I love that. Start where you can. Uh, for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you know my big philosophy is just start with the smallest thing you can. And, and that might be as simple as downloading an app. So again, Dr. Dudley, thank you so much for your, your expertise and your wisdom today. For those of you listening, thank you for taking the time to, to go through this, to, to prioritize your own mental health. And I want to encourage you to check out Teladoc. 
Uh, they are doing incredible work in the mental health space. People like Dr. Dudley and others are working directly with students all over the country to help not only destigmatize the conversations around this, but also to actually provide help so that you can keep moving forward, so that you can uh, wake up each day and have the energy you need, have the drive you need, have the momentum you need to pursue your goals and start to build the life that you deserve. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. I've been Greg Clunas as always. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day, every day.